Welcome to podcast number 187 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As I've mentioned before, Quality Christian Living has a varied number of topics we've discussed over the last year and a half, anywhere from getting out of debt to being baptized in the Holy Spirit to understanding faith and understanding the principles of prosperity. We are currently in a series on faith, which may last a number of weeks, but we'll just see how the Holy Spirit leads us. And today's topic is entitled, How is Faith Evidence of Things Not Seen? Well, we're going to address that at length, and I'm going to pray first because I believe we need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct this podcast. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, asking for your divine anointing on everything that takes place in today's podcast. I pray that you would bless it, that the Holy Spirit would come in and take charge, take total control of everything that takes place, because I know when that happens, the anointing comes down and people's lives will be changed and blessed, and this will be a very powerful podcast, not because of me or what I've said, but because of the guiding and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Pray now that you would move in a very special way to help people who are needing a greater amount of faith in their life, but I pray that you would help them to have confidence and trust in your word and to always go to your word when they're seeking direction and help in their faith. Bless this, I pray, and I'll be careful to give you the praise for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In podcast number 186, we studied the first half of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 in the New King James Version. Now let's look at the second half. You might be thinking, well, you mean there's all enough to talk about a whole podcast just on half of a verse? Well, absolutely, because many times as a pastor for 20 years, I found that there was one word that maybe inspired me to speak on that particular topic or that subject. So with that, we're going to read from the New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that's where this is all based on today is the second part of that where it says very specifically the evidence of things not seen. So today I want to address the word evidence in relationship to faith. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever wondered what the words evidence of things not seen that I just read in the New King James Version? Now, I'm specifically using that translation because I know there's a lot of translations out there, but I like and prefer that translation in dealing with the subject of faith, evidence, and substance. Well, we know that in Hebrews 11.1 1 is known as the Hall of Faith. I talked about that in podcast number 186. I talked about how the world has a program called the Hall of Fame. Well, in the spiritual realm, in the biblical realm, we call it the Hall of Faith when we're identifying Hebrews chapter 11. When we read about the men and women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, we see a common thread. What that common thread is in the men and women in the Hall of Faith found in Hebrews chapter 11, is crucial to understanding what I'm talking about when we refer to faith as substance and its evidence. We talked about faith offered by Enoch and faith of Noah and Abraham and several others. They all had the same thing in mind when it came to understanding what faith was all about. They all believed by faith that God would make something happen that they could not see. Unlike the Apostle Thomas, who told the apostles that he had to see Jesus alive before he would believe. He then was tagged with the name Doubting Thomas. 
If you study the life of Thomas, you'll find out that he was truly a man of great faith. But in this one particular thing, he needed to see it. He needed to have proof of it. And that's the way a lot of people are today. They won't believe it until they can see it. Let's look at John chapter 20 and verse 29 and read the comments about the apostle Thomas. You know, I think I want to go back a little farther into John chapter 20, verse 24, because I think we need to see what led up to it. It says here that one of the 12 disciples in verse 24, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, that's Thomas. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. He wanted to see the wound. He wanted to see that Jesus was there right in front of him. And it says in verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were gathered again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Jesus said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Verse 28, My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen. Now listen to this. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. You see, even though Jesus had patience with Thomas and said, I understand. So here, put your hand in my wounds and you'll see that it's me. And he said, but blessed are those who they don't see it, but they can believe it. And that's what faith is all about. That's that step of faith that we're talking about today. And we don't have to have the evidence right in front of us, like Jesus standing right there in order to believe. We just have God's word. That's our evidence. And I'll talk more about that as we get into this podcast today. You see, evidence of things not seen basically is a statement of hope. The apostle Paul speaks about hope in Romans chapter 8 and verses 23 through 25. Let's read that now. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation at this time. Romans chapter 8 verse 23. Paul is saying, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. See, that's faith and suffering. We too wait with eager hope that's faith, for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. That's faith. Verse 24, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Verse 25, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, throughout that scripture, I was adding here and there comments like, that's faith. That's faith. That's faith, because all these steps that we're talking about in God's word is basically we're accepting it by faith. As believers, our first hope is through our salvation, knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the hope of eternity with Christ. When we come to believe that this blessed hope will become reality, then we are on our way to have hope for things we pray about. Now, the world defines hope as, and listen to this, feelings of expectation, a wish, or a feeling of trust. You see, the world, when I refer to the world, I mean those who don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and they do not have faith or trust in his word. That identifies the world. The world sees hope as a feeling. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, my resurrected Lord, I don't have faith by my feelings. You see, because feelings will not be proof of my faith. My faith is based not on feelings, but on God's word, the Holy Spirit living in me. See, the world defines feelings as an emotional reaction, a belief in something vague, 
irrational or even suspicion. My faith is not vague, it's not irrational, or it's not emotional. My faith is real, a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I place my life, my very existence, on my faith in Jesus Christ and his words. Let me read a couple verses here in Romans 8 again and see now, maybe after I've made some comments, that it takes on perspective that I want you to take when it comes to understanding that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Let me read Romans 8 verse 24 over again and verse 25 in the New Living Translation. 24 says this, we were given this hope when we were saved. All right, that's crucial. Verse 25, but if we look forward to something we don't yet have, maybe that's a healing or maybe that's a marriage that we're having problem with or financial problems we have. If we look forward to something we don't yet have, that's that blessing we want. It says here, we must wait patiently and confidently. You see, faith must have patience. Faith also must have action. And so I'll talk a little bit about that in future podcasts. Matter of fact, my next podcast, I believe we're going to deal with the subject of faith requires action in order to receive from God. But it's crucial that we understand that when we have faith, there must be a statement and a confidence in having patience and trust and belief in God and in his word and that things will come true and they will become reality in our life. Now, as a believer, I placed my faith above what I may be currently experiencing. Now, that's very important. It's important I make this point that our circumstances cannot control our life. My faith carries me through my circumstances. If I've had a diagnosis of cancer, which I've had, I have faith to believe that God's going to heal me, and he has. At the age of 25, when I was a brand new Christian, a doctor told me that I had kidney failure and I probably only had a few years to live and I would never survive a kidney transplant. So he didn't give me a whole lot of hope, but Jesus healed me. And within a matter of six months, my kidneys were completely restored and healed and they've been working perfectly. And I thank God for that. You see, when you're diagnosed with something, that does not change our faith. Even if the answer doesn't come right away, that does not change our faith. We have constant, never-ending faith in trusting God that he will perform what his word says that he will perform. That simply means that we don't give up on our faith. We don't just throw in the towel and say, well, I guess it's over. I'm going to die. Or I guess it's over. I'm going to go bankrupt. Or I guess it's over. My marriage is over. We cannot approach faith that way because when we do that, we're giving up our hope and our confidence and our trust in God. And we are throwing away the idea that faith is substance and faith is then evidence of things that we've not seen. So let's move on in here. Let's look in the words that were written by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. I think this will help us in going through the challenges of understanding what faith is all about. Matter of fact, we might read a few more verses. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 now. Matter of fact, let's go to 15. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Verse 17, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Verse 18, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. You see, that's we're talking about faith here once again. For the things, Paul says, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That's eternity. So therefore, if we have faith for eternity, we need to have faith for the things we're going through today. Even though 
Paul says they won't last very long. I know they're horrible. They're terrible. I've had some horrible diagnoses over my lifetime. I've been told on three different occasions that I had illnesses that would take my life, but I'm still here praising God and giving him all the glory and thankful for his healing touch and for his plan for my life. Now, I hope that these comments and God's words are helping you better understand that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, in our court system today, we need evidence. We need to have proof. If someone has committed a crime, we've got to have proof to show it, that they did pictures of what they did, or we've got to have other witnesses that say, yes, that did take place. We've got to have that type of hard evidence. To prove that we own property now, we need evidence in a will or a trust or a title deed or somehow, you can't just go out and stand on a piece of land and say, well, this is mine. I take it and claim it and it's automatically yours. Now you can claim it and that God will receive glory for it for something that's going to bless the kingdom of God, but you still have to go out and buy the property or someone give it to you. But one way or another, we've got to show proof today in the world system that we own a piece of property. Faith is our certainty of something we cannot see yet believe we will become. Now, let me give an example of faith dealing with the church. When we started the church, I prayed and I asked the Lord if he'd give us a thousand people in our church. And we had absolutely no one, we had no, no, no one going to the church, no services even. And God started to bless. And all of a sudden we started renting these little rooms in these motel conference rooms. They were very small. They would only seat about 30 people. And we would, we filled up a couple of them. We had faith to believe that God was going to give us something nicer to be in. And so we grew a little bit and grew a little bit. And then we had about six months, we had about 150 people coming to our church, which was very good. So we rented a very large building in the Scottsdale Air Park, a 20,000 square foot building. Now, let me, let me tell you about a step of faith. We didn't have any additional support from any other churches. There was a man who promised to give us money when we bought land, but we didn't own any land. He gave us some money to get us started, but he wasn't paying for the costs of our facilities and didn't guarantee our rent or anything. So we rented this building. Now think of this. It was a 20,000 square foot building. The payments were going to be $20,000 a month plus utilities, plus other expenses. We signed a five-year lease and we had no guarantees. The only guarantee we had was faith that God would provide and he would make this thing happen. Well, God did bless it. And we, after we got out of our little rooms that we were renting, we moved into our new facility and the first day we had 250 people. Well, that was great. And then this next Sunday, we had 405 people. And then in less than a year, we were running eight, 900 people. And the church blessed, got blessed constantly over and over again because of a step of faith. Now, don't give me any credit. Don't give me any glory for it because I knew and my wife knew that God was going to bless it. It was his work. Matter of fact, when I signed the lease, I said, Lord, I've signed the lease. Now I'm going to have to rely on you to be able to make the payments on this. And just so you know, we were in that building about seven years, never once missed a payment, never late a payment. And even the man who leased the building to us said that he had a little question when we leased and we were a new church, didn't have any guarantees or anything. He was a little surprised. He said, but you've become my best tenant of all the buildings that I own. Matter of fact, he came to church and him and his wife gave their hearts to Jesus Christ on the very first service that we had in that new building. So sometimes you got to take a step of faith and just move out. I know that was a big step of faith. I won't tell you any other stories about the church. I'll probably talk about those in other podcasts, but God blessed us with many, many, many steps that took place. And so therefore in about seven years, we basically built our new facility, a 30,000 square foot facility. It was valued over $12 million and we had 2,000 people on our rolls 
and the income was running almost $3 million a year. So now that is a step of faith. That wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it, but the Holy Spirit led us, gave us guidance and directions, but it required a step of faith to move out and trust that God would do something miraculous in a in an area where a lot of people said a church would not even survive. And once again, please forgive me for the personal reference, but it's something that truly did happen and I hope that would help your faith and increase your faith. And if there's any pastors that you know or people that are building new churches, they might want to just simply listen to this podcast on faith and listen to that example of how God blessed it and I hope that that would bless them. Now, I love the Apostle Paul's words in the book of Romans in chapter 4 and verse 17. He's basically talking about, let me paraphrase it a little bit. He's talking about the experience that God had with Abraham. Matter of fact, it was Abram at first, and then God renamed him Abraham. He made a promise to Abraham and said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. As we all know, Abraham was nearly 100 years old and his wife was in her 90s. And when that took place, her womb was dead. He had to bring back to life. God had to bring back to life. Her womb had to bring back the productive ability of Abraham to take place so that he could even have children so that he could become the father of many nations. Well, in that story that Paul talks about, he refers to something where he says, God brought life into something that was dead. And if you look at that translation in other translations, you'll see the words, God brought something from nothing. And I believe that's what we need to have. We need to have that kind of faith when it comes to understanding that God can take nothing and turn it into something. God can take something that's dead and bring it back to life. Jesus actually brought many people back to life. He was resurrected from the dead. He brought Lazarus back to life, the little girl back to life. And there's resurrection power if we have faith and trust that God is able to do greater things than what we can imagine even think. Now, let me ask you, about your faith. Let me just kind of ask you to think about your faith right now. I'd like you to kind of evaluate what you think your faith is. On a scale of one to 10, do you have great faith? Do you have little faith, medium faith? And you can know if you have faith, if you have confidence to believe that God is able. That's not being boastful. That's not being arrogant. That's not having pride or a big ego to say that you're a person who has faith because I believe God has blessed me with faith that I've seen happen so many, many times as I've prayed for other people in my own life and my own family and then the church. And it's just been amazing how God has blessed that. It doesn't make me any better than anyone else. Matter of fact, God loves all of us the same, but he wants all of us to have greater faith. So let me ask you about your faith. Is it all that you want it to be? I hope not. I hope that you desire greater faith. As we go through this podcast from week to week to week, we're going to be examining how to have greater faith, how to have powerful faith. And I look at the word of God and I see Jesus giving examples. I read one earlier where he said, you guys just don't have faith. I read one in the former podcast I did, 186, talking about when they had this person that needed to be delivered and was possessed. And Jesus told his disciples, you just don't have any faith. And he told them what they needed to do and the faith that they needed to have. I want all of us to have greater faith, but we've got to have a desire to have greater faith before that'll actually happen. We must have a desire to see our faith grow, no matter what level it is. I want my faith to grow. I want my faith to get greater and greater and stronger and stronger because my faith is not me. My faith is God in action in my life. I want my faith to be deeper and to receive great results when I pray. And I want that to happen to you. I want my goal in this. And just to tell you really what's in my heart right now is those who are listening in, I want you to desire and then to see an increase in your faith just because you understand God's word and understand how it's supposed to operate, you know, in your life. When we pray for someone, we must pray in faith 
as a substance and as an evidence. We must pray and believe that faith is substance, like the word says, and that it's evidence of things that, that are not, and call them forth and believe for them. As I have said before, sometimes before I pray with others who have a need, I ask them if they have faith. Now, this is very surprising. I'll be in a church, we'll be up front, and we'll have a church service going on. I'm not currently senior pastoring the church. I've since retired from that position, but I'm still there and, and serve on the board, and I serve in ministries there at the church. And we'll call people forward to be prayed for. And when they walk up, if they have this look on their face like, oh my goodness, they're they're worried or they're they're in fear. You can just see they're going through trauma. And that's, that's common to have. I ask them, do you believe? Do you have faith to believe that God can take care of this need? And I ask them, before we pray, well, let's make sure that we understand that we need to approach this thing in faith. Now, some people will say, well, Pastor, I, I don't have the faith. Or say, yes, I do have the faith to believe. And I love it when they say that. And they might say, well, I'm not sure if I have faith. Well, saying I'm not sure and saying that I don't have faith are just about the same thing. So before we pray, I like to talk about faith to believe without seeing or I like to talk about Paul's words in Romans 4.17 where he's calling forth those things that are not as though they are. If someone comes up to me and says, my son's wayward, he's a prodigal child and he's left and he's running around in the world and trying to experience all that stuff and I want him to come back to Jesus, I tell him we need to call forth that young man back into the kingdom of God and we call forth that before it happens. But we see him coming back to church. We envision, we believe in our hearts and our minds. We believe that we see him coming back. As a matter of fact, this last week, my wife was telling me about someone that she had known for years and had they had gotten away from God and we've been praying that this person would come back to Christ and just in the last few days she got a call and this person told him told her that she's come back to Jesus she realized she's been running away from the Lord and she's so excited about serving God because I believe that God wants us praying for people who are not in a solid relationship with God if they've fallen away from the faith we've got to believe and pray them back into the kingdom and claim it and believe it and we can only do that if we believe believe that faith really is a substance and it's evidence of things that we haven't seen. Now, Jesus is the author of our faith. We got to keep our eyes on him. We got to keep our thoughts on him. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. It says that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let me read it. Sometimes I feel like I can get by with just saying it says in a certain verse, but this particular one, I think the Holy Spirit wants me to read this to you. In fact, let me read the first couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 12 in the New Living Translation. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. When Jesus was being whipped, when he was placed on the cross and nailed to the cross, he endured that because of his faith and trust in what was going to happen, not in what was happening in his life at that time. Now, I know you might say, well, he was Jesus and I'm not Jesus. Well, the Spirit of God lives and dwells in you if you've given your life to Christ. Now, if you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, we need to settle that right now. If you're listening to this and you don't understand this faith thing, you don't understand this substance thing or this this evidence thing, let me just pray with you now that you'd give your life to Christ and let the Holy Spirit come into you and change your heart and change your mind and give you evidence and give you proof that you are a child of God. So 
Without any fear or doubt or questions, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my life and make me a new person. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he was persecuted. He was beaten and died on that cross, but he was resurrected from the dead. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. So I believe that Jesus Christ is alive and he gave his life for me. So I receive him this day, and I promise to serve him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You see, if you prayed that prayer, regardless of your status in life, regardless of your finances, regardless of your education, regardless of your circumstances in life, Jesus came into your life right now. So you need to find a good church, get settled in a good church, and serve God and get into the word of God and become a person of prayer and become a person of faith. You see, the power of our faith is in Jesus. It's nowhere else. So when you accepted Christ, the power of your faith is in him. Faith is substance and evidence of things to come. When we get to heaven, we won't need faith. We will be there. But until then, we need to keep our faith and confidence and trust in God. With that, I'm going to pray and ask God to bless you and give you the strength and the, and the help that you need to have greater faith and to believe what God's Word says when I read this statement. I'm going to read it one more time in the New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance, all right, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I hope that this has been a help to you. So, Father, I pray a blessing on those who are listening in. And I pray, Lord, that this teaching will go deep into their heart. I pray that they would understand that that Jesus died for, for them and for their sins, but he was resurrected. And we have faith to believe that and trust in him. That's the blessed hope that we have. We have hope in eternity. And I pray that those, those who are listening in will have hope in eternity. And I pray, Father, for those of maybe having physical problems. And I believe there has to be people out there today who are having physical problems right now. It might be a cancer diagnosis. It could be an issue with a respiratory problem. It could be something to do with with a liver or internal organs or a stomach condition or a back condition. I pray right now and believe for healing power. And I believe, Lord, as I speak, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is impressing me to tell people to claim their healing right now. That if you've got a problem in your body, I want you to lay your hand on whatever that area is. If you have a kidney problem, then put your hands by your over there on the outside uh, edges of your body on your back and claim healing. See, I lay my hands on myself right now and ask for divine healing. If you're having problems with headaches or problems with sinus conditions, lay your hand on your forehead and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I call forth healing. I believe that it's going to happen. Happen. Even though it's not here this second, I pray when I'm going to end this prayer that your healing power will flow through my body and I'll be cleansed and be healed in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, those who are praying that, maybe for the first time, or maybe they prayed many times for it, Lord, they'll not give up in their prayers. I know some people say you should pray for it once and then just let it go. I don't believe in that. I believe to pray and believe and continue to pray each day. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. So, Father, I pray now for healing in the bodies of those who are listening in. And I pray for a greater touch of faith in their life, Father. They will have a new faith, a stronger faith, a powerful faith, a faith based upon their trust in God's word and their confidence that God is going to make that word work in their life. I believe that and that they'll receive the fact that Jesus is their source 
of faith. I thank you for it now, and I pray, God, there'll be testimonies that'll come forth talking about the goodness of God, His healing power, and how people have been blessed. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast today. I hope it helped you. We're going to continue talking in the area of faith in upcoming weeks. I would like to encourage you, if you'd like to know more about Quality Christian Living, that you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you pull up that page, you'll see a couple of things on it that are important. One, there's a reference there and a link there to the podcast that I've done. This is the 187th podcast. And you can click onto that link and it'll take you directly to all 187 of them. You can peruse them and look for things, the topics you might find interesting. There'll be a series dealing with faith for miracles. There'll be a series there, understanding how to pray and how to focus our prayer life. There's one there on how to get out of debt. There's another there on what generosity is all about. Then there's a series of podcasts on the Holy Spirit, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I also have a series of lessons there dealing about what prosperity is. I talk about spiritual prosperity must come first and that spiritual prosperity will then lead to financial prosperity and other areas of prosperity in our life. God wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers. Believe that now and receive it in Jesus' name. In addition to that, if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Well, once again, I hope that you enjoy this and been blessed by this teaching today. The next podcast I'm going to do has to do with faith taking action. I think I'm going to entitle it, Why Our Faith Must Take Action. And I'll get into that and talk about how Jesus talks about faith and talks about action. And it's crucial that we do that. What does it mean by action? What does it mean when we say we've got to take action? So I'm going to get into that. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. So with that, I'm going to close with these thoughts because I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you and may you desire and seek a greater depth of faith in your walk with God. And may you truly understand these words written in the book of Hebrews, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Thank you so much for listening in. May God bless you.